Welcome to the Razan Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 47. I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be dissecting the most classic of classic Christmas songs, O Come All You Faithful, reviewing November's One Verse Wonders in the 12th Song Challenge, and considering how to write a song for those Christmas gaps in the workshop, as well as responding to your tweets, posts and emails. Sam, it's great to see you. And you, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're allowed to say that now, aren't we? Because in virtual world, it is December. Yeah. We're, we're not recording this a few days early. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are a little bit. But anyway, yeah, Merry Christmas. Have you, so have you had a mince pie yet? No, I'm going to make some. We had a Swedish, my wife's Swedish, so we had a Swedish baking day on Saturday with her cousin and that was, oh. we ate lots of Swedish food and baked lots of Swedish goodies, so that was good. Nice. I do like Swedish baked goods. Did you have any cardamom mm. in them? Yes, but we're not allowed to eat those until Lucia Day. Of course. Which I think is the 13th of December, so they've gone into the freezer. Is that the patron saint of cardamom? I think she is, yeah. 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 <laughs> what else have you been up to, Sam? Uh, get ready for Christmas, uh, organising lots of um, carol services and youth group worship bands and things for that. Um I've written a song for our local messy church cool. with uh, Andy Flanagan, who yeah. also goes to our church, and uh, we've been working on that. So that's going to drop after Christmas once everyone's got the Christmas out of the way. We're going to uh, put that out there for the world to see if they want to use it. Nice. How do you write a song for messy church? Well, we took the messy church's got four core values. Yeah. Um, so we took those and we knew that we wanted it to be very much about welcoming, welcoming everyone. Um, and we knew that we wanted it to be fun and have a lot of actions. Uh, and so we just, we sat but it's quite interesting because I think that you're quite picky yeah, and that we in Rosanna are quite picky, but Andy Flanagan is even pickier. Is he? Yeah. And he changes Sign him things. He's like changes things like when you think it's totally done and then he'll be like, oh, I'm not sure about that line. So it's good, but it's, you know. It shows me that actually you're not the pickiest person in the entire world. I'm glad to hear that. So yeah, that's me. How about you, Joel? Um, I went. I went on a really interesting two-day conference um, with the Christian Music Publishers Association. Did you know there was a Christian Music Publishers Association? Sounds like a riot. It was a riot. It's part. It's sort of connected to the Music Publishers Association, which is the broader body. Um, of music publishers, which themselves are connected to things like MTPS and PRS and okay, so yeah. on. Is that enough acronyms for you? Yeah. Um, it was really interesting. Um, great to meet people from RSCM and Vineyard Music, Integrity, Hillsong. Um, really nice kind of, I think, just connecting with some real people. It, it makes mm. quite a difference, doesn't it? I, I sometimes feel like we, we sort of, we don't quite say it out loud, but we act a little bit sort of anti-establishment and... Um, so on and it's sort of fun to go and meet some of the people who we think of as slightly more establishment and go oh yeah you really are trying to serve the kingdom and this is good yeah um, so this, that, that was really good um, and really interesting presentation there from the head of Christian Music Playlists at Spotify oh yeah so he's this chap based in Nashville and um he started doing the job about a year ago I think he said just over a year and when he came into it they had one Christian Music Playlist on Spotify Wow, and the basic thought in Spotify was, and slightly his as well. Um, he's obviously a believer, um, but slightly his was that Christian music means CCM from Nashville, right? And yeah, that yeah. is, you know, and that's a massive city. You know, it's a huge scene in the state, so you can understand that they kind of think, well, that's basically what Christian music means. Actually, having spent a year in the job, they've now expanded it to lots more. They've got uh, playlists very much focused on Europe rather than the states, and so on. Um, Realizing that actually Christian music doesn't mean doesn't mean that single genre and style, but it's much broader than that. So in terms of that kind of definition of what it means, yeah. And he just said essentially the thing is, does it proclaim Christ? And that's the Hmm. that's the definition. You think, man, that's a guy from Spotify saying that. Yeah. So I I found that very encouraging. I did also ask him publicly, how can we get our songs on your playlists? Or more (laughs) the point, how can we guarantee them? And he just gave me the kind of well, you submit submit them through this, and they have a team of editors who just who look at submissions and so on hmm. it's a bit fiddly we need to live slightly less hand to mouth in order to make it work um 
but that was yeah that was really interesting as well as a bunch of other stuff and, and the other thing i realized was that we just don't really know what we're doing at resound in almost <laughs> the entire world of music publishing <laughs> so much of it either went over my head or i just thought oh, i have not got time to think about that yeah so um but we, we're sort of gradually learning and uh developing we'll get there maybe but yeah. it's nice being a bit sort of indie and cottage industry like isn't it i think yeah. Um, also, our hymn of peace went went out and got sung everywhere. So exciting! Yay. Loads of cathedrals. We know it was sung in loads of churches uh, in different countries around the world. I mean, it was you know we're very much focused, I suppose, on on this country. But we know it was sung in the states. We know it's sung in Germany, in New Zealand, um, and wow. loads of anecdotal feedback. So it'll be fascinating. I think sort of this time next year, we will see through the CCLI reports. Is it's the main way of just just you know how many places it was sung and, and so on, but dead exciting to be involved in something where we we poured a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of resources, and frankly, and not no small amount of money as well with you know supported yeah. with grants um, into it. Um, so yeah, but really good, really strong, and uh, very exciting thing to be part of. Well, that's cool. We used the video um, immediately after our. Uh, two minute silence oh, and good. that worked really well nice. and we also before just before that we sang lucy mills amid a world of pain and war oh brill um to O'Reilly Whaley as in yeah well, nice, um and that worked really well and i i found it so helpful to have because we talked about the one ali barrett yeah, hymn, yeah. which kind of won the thing but there's actually 10 hymns yeah. on the page isn't there of you know, and, and if people haven't checked them out yet, I, I feel like, you know, Ali's hymn is terrific, but actually to have 10 hymns to choose from um, gives... Because it's, you know, it's so tricky if you're wanting to really go into that in any depth on a Sunday yeah, you know, morning. Absolutely. To, to know what to sing. So Yeah. And do you know, uh, uh, there are a few people who entered the competition, didn't get shortlisted for whatever reason, um, yeah. and released their hymns anyway and um, put them out there or sang the one that they composed in their church because it really suited their context and their occasion. So more yeah. than just the, the 10 that we put out there, there were others being sung um, around yeah. the country on um, Remembrance Sunday. Really good. Regular listeners will remember that a couple of months ago for Sam's birthday, I bought him a book off the internet um, by Brian Oliver, how not, how, brackets, not to write a hit song, 101 Tips to Avoiding Success. What is it called? 100 Common 101 Mistakes. 101 Common Mistakes to Avoid if you want songwriting oh, yeah. success. There you go. So, um, Sam said, every month he'll pick out a top tip from Brian's 101 Tips. What have you got for us this time? Uh, this is tip 38, and it's a lack of focus. Um and he quotes Merle Haggard, the great country musician, saying, when your song is called XYZ or whatever, every line has got to make sense against your title. And I thought that was quite an interesting one because we don't actually put much store by titles. No. I don't tend to. I tend to talk about songs by the first line is the sort of sort of spring harvest book way of approaching worship songwriting that actually your first line has got to do it. And And I know that, if you listen to kind of more Nashville type people, they'll put a lot of store by the title. Mm. Um, but I think whether or not you go for the title, uh, his point is you've got to be focused. You can't just go around everywhere. And he says things like, um, to make sure your lyrics are focused, start with a strong title and ask yourself who, what, where, when, how, and why type questions prompted by the title. Yeah. And I suppose whether or not we use a title as the as that device, it's that idea of having a kind of nucleus, having a, a, a basic idea, yeah. a basic question, a basic uh, statement that you can then say, actually, my song unpacks that and doesn't go off on all these other different tangents. Uh, so good, good tip, Brian. Good tip. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for your brain. It's time to dissect a classic. Dissect a classic. I nearly did that in the Huck's robot voice there. <laughs> it's time to dissect, dissect a, classic. a classic. We had a TV um, thing. I'll tell you about it some other time but last week. But they ended up doing a little interview with Huck. And they asked him a Aww. question, which he answered. You know, Huck's like very eloquent. And then um, they said, oh, can you just repeat that by just putting this on the front of it? And then suddenly went into a robot voice and said it like this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's dissect a classic. 
And this month, well, it's December, it's Christmas, we've got to dissect something Christmassy. And I don't think I can think of anything more Christmassy than Mariah Carey's... No, not Mariah Carey's. (laughs) (laughs) That would be good though, wouldn't it? Oh man, what a good song that is. You know the one I mean. Yeah, afraid so. Such a... Anyway, I genuinely, I put that up there with Chesney Hawks. I I am the one and only. But we get into that another time. I put it up there with Chesney Hawks as well. That's my, it is, that's like Chesney Hawks, that one, um, that's like my all-time, Ches, not Chesney was it, it was um, Nick Kershaw, what a songwriter. Okay, anyway, we're going to dissect O oh, Come All You Faithful, have you heard of it, Sam, do you know this one, it's a bit modern? Uh, I'm not really into hymns, Oh, I'm more into Hillsong, so, you know, this has passed me by. <laughs> you probably know it in the Latin, don't you? <laughs> Adeste Fidelis. Yeah, I regularly sing it in the Latin. Yeah. Uh, let me. So, what, well, I mean, we're talking a big classic here. I've done a bit of research, as usual. I would love to share with you what I found out. So, of course, it is a translation from a hymn which was originally in Latin, Ades Davidelis, I don't know the rest, or even if that's how you pronounce it, but I suspect it must be because it fits the tune. Um, mm. Now, here's the thing. No one actually knows who wrote it. It's been attributed to various different people. Um, King John IV of Portugal, one possibility... He was known for doing a bit of composing in his time. Um, it's been attributed to a collection of monks in the 13th century. Uh, it's been a, a more recent theory is that it's actually a Jacobite political code about Bonnie Prince Charlie. Uh, so make of that what you will. Um, Does all this confusion mean that we could we could actually claim it for our own? Oh man, we could, get we could some, actually say get this is a renowned one. one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, or there's another theory that Joel Payne and Sam Hargreaves wrote it. <laughs> yeah, I feel that that one is gaining traction. It could with scholars. do, couldn't it? The other one, the, the sort of the most popular theory, perhaps, well, kind of equal with the 13th century monks, is that John Francis Wade, who is the chap who kind of made it famous, uh-huh. possibly wrote the Latin version. Uh, but certainly, he was the first to publish the tune. Um, and again, we don't even really quite know who wrote the tune. So, but but it kind of first appears with this thing from John Francis Wade. He was a he was a Jacobite himself, and he had fled the country and he was living in France. Uh, I think in a monastery or music, uh, uh, whatever they call them, conservatoire type place. Mm. Um, and in 1751, he published the tune that we know with some Latin words, of which there were um, seven or eight verses or four. I can't remember. Um, Anyway, the the modern the, the version that's most commonly sung now in English was translated by Frederick Oakley in 1841. And oh that's right, and he translated the first four verses which are the you know when you sometimes see it with lots of verses but there's a kind of four key ones that you always yeah. sing. Those were the ones from the original that, that John Francis Wade published. Um and then some other chap, Abbe Jean-François Étienne Bordoré in the 18th century also wrote some other Latin verses and then they were translated by William Thomas Brooke. So there we go. There's a bit of a history of lots of different people involved. We don't really know who wrote the original. Um, And then the most common setting of it in harmony, and I think the one that kind of stirs us all at Christmas, is the the David Wilcox harmony um, Mm. on especially... So he used the standard harmony for the first couple of verses, but um, for the synchroires of angels and yea, Lord, we greet thee, that harmony that he that he wrote and the descants and so on is yeah. uh, David Wilcox carols for choirs and I think that's the one which you hear I mean you hear it sung in in King's College because that's where he was the master of music um, and here's the thing everyone has covered this song I mean I, I, so I went <laughs> on to Spotify and I thought um, oh, I'll just see how many versions there are I got to 238 and just got bored I stopped counting it just went on and on and on and on anyway I came up with this I, I picked out some Sam so you could see some of the various famous people who have recorded it um from we've got pentatonics art garfunkel nat king cole hillsong mormon tabernacle choir mariah carey bad religion that's a really interesting version it's really heavy um elvis frank chris tomlin has done a version he didn't add a chorus but he did do his own slightly cheeky version of oh come let us adore him with we'll praise your name forever of course he did weezer done a version lionel richie josh groban Susan Boyle, Bob Dylan, Cliff Richard, Hanson. Amazing. Anyone else on that list? You that could basically to you? listen to just this song in all its different versions for the whole of Christmas yeah. and never repeat. I think there is actually an online radio station that does that. 
Um, I don't know if they're still running. Us adore him FM. Yeah, almost, almost. There is a, a thing called Accu Radio. This is sort of in the early days of the internet music, and they would play, uh, and they had loads of different Christmas channels, and one of them was, uh, certainly ver- one of them's versions of the Christmas song. One is versions of I reckon there might be one for Oakham Will You Faithful. Flipping out. Yeah. There you go. So uh, massively popular. I I tried to throw in a little. <laughs> I tried to throw a curveball into my list here, Sam, just to see if you were actually reading it. If you look on the... Oh, you've written, you've written Donald Trump. <laughs> see, that wouldn't surprise me. And he would say, this is the best ever. I've written this version. one. I wrote this, actually. I've well, you don't realise I wrote this. Yeah. And it's really good. It's really, really good. And it's going really well. We're selling a lot of records. <laughs> right, so do you think we need to do a little bit uh, less Donald Trump satire on this show, just so we don't get too political? It's so easy to do the satire. <laughs> let's mo- let's move on. Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. There you go. We can't talk. Um, so, uh, Sam, talk to me. Why is this such a classic? Why does it oh, work? Oh gosh. Well, I basically <laughs> wasn't that keen on doing this one because, it, to be honest, this is my absolute favourite Christmas carol. Oh. And it's it's the one that if we didn't sing it, I would probably just cry oh. um, at Christmas. And yeah. I I feel so. Um, subjective about it, yeah. Um, and and but I suppose trying to come to it objectively, I suppose the reason why I think it works is because it is actually so simple in a way. Like that, there's actually quite minimal words in the verses, yeah. And then the refrain part is this, you know, three times repeated. And I think that's in a way why it crosses over so well into contemporary worship is because it has certainly in the sort of refrain chorus part it has more of a feel of a kind of modern worship song with that kind of um repetition repetition and the sense of a kind of a personal kind of let us adore him you know it's very emotional it's very kind of the exhale after the inhale but even the inhale even the verses are so kind of um pithy aren't they they, they they just say something very in a very sh- sort of um, economic use of words, and yeah. so I I think that's part of it. The other thing I was thinking about you were talking the other day, Joel, about how you can analyse a melody by the strong beats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was thinking um, if you go, oh come, that's the first bit yeah. of the scale. Come, faith, that's the second part of the scale. Joy is the third part of the scale. Yeah. So even though it goes around those, actually the basic part of the melody is just this really simple kind of scale yeah. just going up. Um, and even the, even the fourth one is a little tension that resolves back down. So da 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 da. You still those yeah. Are, yeah. So it's got that really kind of simple um, movement, and then Bethlehem come, and that's yeah. the. The octave leap there yeah. is the bit that you go, come, you know, and you really open up on that, on that sort of second half of the verse, um, and then obviously again you sort of you build up through the, the the chorus, and I think that the fact that the chorus has got, I don't know whether this is probably David Wilcox's genius, but that sort of oh come let us adore him, and then the fact that you can then stack those up as yeah. harmonies yeah so that you know harmony adds and someone stays on the on the lower part and someone adds it yeah um j- just the, the way that all of that works musically is so pleasing yeah that i think it just makes it so so singable it does doesn't it? and anything any song which is a gathering song which is this you know it calls mm. you it is to gather the faithful to worship christ that allows you to do something like sing in harmony in a really mm. simple way, it, it just achieves in itself something of what it's setting out to do in a bigger scale, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So isn't that interesting? Because I also picked out that big leap. But my, maybe this is the first octave leap in um, Christian worship music. <laughs> um, and it has set the tone for... And maybe we need to shut up about the octave leap, because I'm here, here it is. Um, ah! yeah um, but it does that, that's such a hook it's such a highlight that moment isn't it um, well, here's the things I picked out I mean I think um, verse 2 is pure is virtually pure Nicene Creed yeah and it is um, it's almost impenetrably mysterious 
as well. <laughs> it's so cosmically grand in what it says. Mm, mm. We're not even sure we fully understand what it's... <laughs> you know, kind of... God from... Oh, it's God... Is it God of God? God from God, light from light, light of light? I think God of God is the original yeah, um, sort of translation. Light from light. Lo, he abhors not the virgins were in very God, begotten, not created. All that stuff. It's deep, rich, difficult theology in a, a small handful of words. And I think that's one of the things about it. It absolutely grabs us and it bashes us around the head with the reality of who mm, God is. Mm. Um, and it does it to, um, whether you're a believer or not, words like God, light, mm-hmm. um, are so powerful. And I think that's one of those things is just uh, I really love about it is... I mean, I'll get onto it in a minute, but it does sort of j- jump around a bit. But that that second verse, just pure Nicene Creed, and I think that is super strong. Um, also, I think that, that in the refrain, um, this thing of um, building tension and then releasing it. We've talked about this a number of times. Music as a sort of musical device. Oh, come, let us adore him. Just sitting on a level. It's sitting on a chord. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can vary the harmony around it, but essentially you're just sitting on a chord. Oh, come, let us adore him. Come on. Okay, where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> da, bum, 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 bum. And then suddenly <laughs> out pours the, the release. And with this lovely descending scale as well, which, yeah. which gives the whole thing... And then it has a triumphal and resolute ending, which is Christ Mm. the Lord. You know, we talk about this Mm. quite often uh, when we're writing choruses. What line are you going to finish your chorus on? And it's really hard sometimes. What is the final summary statement of your song? And the final Mm. summary statement of this every time is Christ the Lord. Mm. Um, And I also love that it it is a gathering song. It's a call to worship. Um, and it calls the people, but then it calls the angels, and then it actually calls out to God, uh, to God Himself. So there's a kind of movement addressed through it as well, which I think. Is and it's strong. the kind of song that involves your um, your imagination, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you're not literally saying "Come to Bethlehem." No. You're saying "Come in your imagination, in your spirit, in your in your kind of what What are you doing here? You're not just coming to a cold, drafty church. You're coming to Bethlehem. You're gathering around the and and you know maybe some people would even even struggle with that because it it does involve quite a lot of the imagination but it's it's a little bit like uh you've got a few songs like this Joel that kind of listen to the sound of the angels or yeah. um you know where you, there's a sort of sense of you you're you're actually saying uh, you know come see the son of the living god you're actually saying in your mind in your spirit let's kind of go somewhere together yeah, um, I think that's really powerful. And put put yourself in the story and put yourself there mm. in in the present tense. Actually, yeah, definitely something you can learn for relating to any story in the Bible that you want to sing in church is to put yourself there in it in the present tense, isn't it? Rather than yeah. necessarily sing about it in the past. Yeah, great, um, Sam. So you've already explained this is your favourite song of the world, um, <laughs> but is there anything you could improve about it? Oh gosh. I mean, I suppose the only the only thing I could really say is that there are a few words that are a little unclear, which obviously yeah. is not was probably not an issue when it was written. Uh, abhors, I guess, is the one that I you know I'm not even sure exactly. I guess it means he doesn't hate the virgin's womb. He doesn't basically. He doesn't mind being born as, as a, a human. Maybe doesn't mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just a little bit, right about it. It's a little bit Yoderish, and it's a bit yeah. Um, but this is it's absolutely you know I, I'm I'm a fan of up, updating where necessary but this is one of those that I think if you update you would absolutely get shot so yeah um, yeah that's all I could say really that's it really I've got a long list oh good I mean it's funny isn't it so we, we've talked about it it's a it's an absolute classic there's no doubt we love it we love it we love it it's evocative it's rich it's theological it's also terribly written lyrics in various ways (laughs) musically it's really solid um but there are a different number of um syllables in each of the verses um it has some weird things like born the king of angels what is that like that's the landing point of the first verse we never stop to think what does that mean (laughs) how is that significant in this moment that we're talking about not, but anyway, um, someone's going to email in and tell me why it says it in Psalm twenty twelve or something. Um, the second verse, God from God, like again, it's a completely different scan, fits completely differently. It doesn't rhyme anywhere. Um, <laughs> it has, it sort of jumps around in a sort of 
Okay, everyone, come on, come on, come on, come see, come and see. Whoa, Nicene Creed. Boom, 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 boom. And then a kind of glorious singing choirs of angels. And and then, so there's a whole sense. If somebody brought this to me, um, I know people are switching off the podcast at this point, but if somebody brought this to me, (laughs) there are so many things about it. I might say, have you thought about making it rhyme anywhere? Um, Could you improve the number of the meter of it? Um, Is there really a conceptual flow through this? Could you find a single device that maybe you kind of structure your verses with? Could you? uh, Anyway, it's brilliant. (laughs) It's brilliant. (laughs) Um, but in some ways t- terribly written. And I, and I think it's partly because it is a translation from the Latin. I wonder whether in Latin it has it hangs together slightly more as a piece of text. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't change it either. So, well, thank you, uh, John Francis Wade, uh, Abbe Jean-Francois Etienne Boudreau, King John IV of Portugal, Body Prince Charlie, John Redding, Handel and uh, Donald Trump for this excellent... <laughs> Christmas Carol. Let's move on to the 12 Song Challenge. 12 Song Challenge. November's challenge was to write a one verse wonder. We'd been sort of overwhelmed in October when we wrote our eco songs of just how many words everybody wrote. There's so much they were pouring out in uh, covering a topic that doesn't get well covered. And so that was really fantastic. So we said, how about in November, we all take a breather and we write some really short songs. And the challenge was to write a one verse wonder, something that just has one section, just a few lines, and that is it. And you've got to think a little bit about how you might use it and so on. And we discussed that last time. Um, a bit of feedback, Sam, from, from some of the guys taking part. David yeah. said, I've really enjoyed this challenge. It does focus the mind on what you feel is important to say. The Reuben Morgan, what do people need approach was very helpful. What a great antidote to a very wordy month the month before. So that's cool. That Reuben Morgan thing, that's our little story about when he wrote Everyone Needs Compassion. He just thought he was kind of going, what does everyone need? And that's 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 well, that's what David said. He thought, okay, I've only got a few lines to play with. What does everyone need? That's really yeah, good. Um, that's and we're going to look at David's actually a bit later. Uh, Ian said, I thought it was another good challenge. I'm enjoying the variety. Some good stuff emerged, though noticeably fewer contributions, which is actually actually true. And you were saying to me, Sam, you thought this was actually the hardest challenge so far. Oh gosh, yeah. I tell you why, because I've I've had a go. I've done these kind of things before, and you kind of knock them out. Maybe you think on a Sunday. Uh, you know, there's a particular little response or a bit of scripture that I could just, you know, summarise very shortly and quite quickly put out, you know, a, a short song that you might use once or twice. Um, yeah. But when it comes to a long song, I feel I can I can edit it almost endlessly and kind of yeah. go back and go, oh, well, that doesn't work. And, and once you change verse three, you realise you've got to change verse one. And, and then you think, oh, but the chorus could be better here. And, and you've got this kind of tweaking that goes on across the, the big song. Whereas with a small song, you've got so much, so little to tweak yeah. that you kind of, you tweak it here, you tweak it there, and you go, well, I don't know what else to tweak here. And you don't have that kind of, that process because it's it is so short yeah i suppose i mean maybe people have got wisdom for this i suppose probably the best the best way to do it would probably be to write 20 versions of the same song yeah and then go back and go well which which of these works best um whereas i i initially wrote a version of of my song came back to it a few days later and thought oh it's a little bit this a little bit that and so i then rewrote it yeah um, but I don't, I don't know whether people who write short songs, they just, whether they can tweak it or whether they just kind of take lots of different approaches. Just write loads. Yeah. I reflected that um, whenever I write a song, it, there's a sort of a journey in it. The song always evolves as I write it. And that is partly because I'm, you know, I'm so bad at pinning things down. But I start a song, I don't really know what shape and flavour it's going to have. I might have an idea of the theme, but even that evolves as I write it, and I find out in the writing what the song is about. And when Mm. I've written the chorus, it makes me go back and redo the verses. And when I've redone the verses, it makes me go back and do the chorus. And then all these kind of things. Every part informs the other part, and every part influences what I do with the other part. But exactly the same experience. I was working with just... Four lines, in, in my case. Mm. Or I tried several things. I tried longer things as well. Um, and it, what I found was I need to know what I want to say right now and then I need to say it. And it's never... It's so alien to me in approaching how I write songs. Apart from exactly what you described, sometimes just a... It's for this specific moment in this service and I want a little refrain that does X, Y, or mm. Z. I find that much easier. 
But in the mm. abstract, just in, okay, you've got a blank page, write a short song. Whew, yeah. Tricky. I suspect as well, the other thing is, it, to, to be able to try these with a congregation would be really helpful. Yeah. Which I've not had the opportunity to do. But I think with a short song, you very quickly get the impression, oh, yeah, this is working, or, oh, it's, it's okay, but it's, you know. So yeah. I think that, that would be really helpful as well. Cool. We picked out a couple from uh, the 12 Song Challenge um, participants. And uh, Sam, why don't you kick us off with the one you chose? Yeah, well, Ryan immediately jumped in. He said he hadn't listened to the podcast, but he put in something which is a kind of benediction for Advent based on John 1 mm. that he'd already written. Uh, and you immediately uh, responded with hashtag immediately banned for breaking all the rules. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you suggested slightly more gently that he might have a go at rewriting. I was only joking at that point. I think he was, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he read my humour for, for a moment. So I'm very sorry about that, Ryan. Um, I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> Uh, but, nobody's um, banned from the 12 song challenge though he um he's revised it to be more of a kind of slightly contemporary because his original version was quite choral uh, yeah and he's revised it to be a more kind of contemporary um chorus idea with similar ideas so are we gonna have a listen yeah let's have a listen us and keep us God with us Emmanuel Word made flesh shine upon us give us peace give us peace That's uh, pretty singable, I think. Um, nice sort of benediction, end of a service, kind of summing up, um, you know, the, the God who is with us is going to, you know, bless us, keep us, shine on us. Um, I I just wondered, I, I, um, he goes, shine upon yeah. us. And it's not so much the shine, but it's the when it lands on the pon that feels yeah, a bit yeah. odd so i just wonder whether it should be well something like word made flesh shine upon us and so that it lands on us mm. um that feels a little bit more natural to me you'd have mm. to add a little and but that doesn't seem like a bad thing yeah um that's my thought. Yeah, I really like it. It's great. As you said, he kind of did a slightly longer thing, and then we, uh, a few of us, I think, just chipped in and said, "Well, that that end section is really strong on its own." Um, mm. I like he he took that. I don't know if he did it specifically, but you know, we said starting on chord four or chord two can be really helpful because yeah. it just gives the whole thing a kind of sense of momentum that makes you want to come back around and sing it again. Um, and it's got a nice kind of structure to it. It's singable. It's got just enough little um, musical highlights in it. Uh, I guess two things I would look at. One is just lyrical. Um, when he says, word made flesh shine upon us, he's sort of taken two different images yeah. in John 1 yeah. and are not quite matched them up. And what about word made flesh come dwell among us or something? Or yeah. light of the world shine, you know, so that you actually yeah. choose one or the other. And the other is at the end where he has this interrupted cadence on the give us peace. Give, give us peace where he goes to the minor give us peace, yeah give I think us if you're going to sing it as something that you could sing a few times I think I'd skip that interrupted cadence until the end so it's got a nice tight shape that definitely mm. says yeah sing me again sing me again um, other than that I know that's great I can totally imagine using that um, so yeah. it's a really good job Ryan well done well I picked out one from David Brackenbury um, David has uh, been on our, our retreat a few times actually Come to the one 
So there we go. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful song. Deeply sensitive. Um, I love where it started from, which is thinking about his church, his context, and who needs to hear it. And um, I love the way it's not a shame to to talk about these things that we'd see as negative stuff, because I think um, Mm. we all come in a different place and different experience, but it's very important in church that we err on the side of speaking up for people who don't feel great and and are struggling and and so on rather than err on the side of only speaking up for those who are having a great time yeah yeah that's right i just had two little ideas one um was rather than leave our regrets uh, i have a bit of a sort of phobia against the kind of leave your problems at the door idea and he's already talked about come as we are wounded and scarred so why not bring your regrets yeah or bring our regrets definitely and come to the one so you're kind of bringing that stuff yeah. to Jesus. Simple, simple change, but I think that's just a little thing that gives the whole thing a, a more a better tone. It's good. Great. And then the other one is um, he ends on chord five. Yeah. And and that gives the whole thing a kind of unfinished feel. And I feel like actually it's long enough with the four lines because you do that at the end of line two. So at the end of line four, I feel like it could reserve. Come to the one who's in control and just kind of finish it off. Because I'm not sure this is the kind of song that you would repeat again and again. Mm. Uh, I think it's more of a song that you would sing once, twice, maybe three times, and then you're done. See, I like that. Um, I like that dominant chord at the end. That. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I think I like it. Music- would you write an ending then? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Would know you go? Not ready yet. Come to the one. Who's in control? He's in control. <laughs> yes, Graham. Thank you. <laughs> Graham Kendrick has entered the building. <laughs> I mean, Graham Kendrick from 1981, just in case Graham's listening. Graham Mark's excellent endings. Um, yeah, I just, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, but I just I, don't know how you would end it otherwise. I, lo- I love the way it just keeps on drawing you in. It keeps on drawing you. But I think maybe that's musical. And I think it's also because, um, just to kind of full disclosure, I've already said to David, David, I think this could be a longer song, actually. I know we're supposed to write a one-verse wonder, but ah, well. it's got something about it where I think you've got a structure now. You could start to build something, come as you are in various ways, um, and some brilliant chorus. Um, it could be a really strong song. Um, and I think that's okay. Have a go at writing a short song. If some of them turn out to be longer, well, that's all right, isn't it? We're all about just encouraging writing. Exactly. Here on the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast. <laughs> Speaking of encouraging writing, I want to hear what you've written, Sam. Oh, gosh. Newell. Gosh. Yeah. Well, I pretty oh, quickly came up with this idea to do uh, a song about the peace of, uh, of God because I think it is a gap. Uh, and I'm also yeah. aware of few kind of pastoral situations recently where i felt like actually you want to sing a kind of sense of a kind of a song of blessing and of peace over people uh yeah so that's kind of what i went for and i wanted it to be short and snappy okay so it's something like do not be afraid jesus stands beside you do not be afraid Jesus is your peace something like that do it one more t- do it one more time do not be afraid Jesus stands beside you do not be afraid oh sorry jesus is your peace yay well done sam what key is that in c c the best key Mm. um yeah really good it's great Uh, it's both you and i have really taken the one verse um simplicity very seriously so (laughs) it's quite cool to see so this sort of has two lines or at best four if you split yeah. them up um for when you display them uh, and a very simple idea um yeah cool um they're really funny aren't they they're sort of hard to critique these things mm. i've got two ideas for you yeah go on. two little things to throw in um which on the on the basis i like it has a bit of um it, it just is musically developed enough that it feels complete by the time you get to the end so it's really good um i like the structure of it um i wonder with 
do not because because you you end up with the emphasis on do yeah. because your your do is higher than your not mm. it, it brings more emphasis to it and I might just look at whether there's a way of swapping if you're going to start on the do whether there's a way of swapping those so the do is lower than the not or on the same level or something mm. I'm not sure exactly what that sounds like but um, but because you go do not it really brings out the do yeah. One way is just to tuck it in a bit lower in in the scale, mm. um, and then the other thing is just on the on the second. I think someone brought this mentioned this on the on the forum as well. Um, the do not be afraid the second time round. You you lift the melody. Mm. I think you need to keep the the word B on the same note and then lift the melody on afraid. I think when you go off somewhere else on the B, that's a bit confusing. So you had do not. Just sing the two different versions. Uh, do not be afraid. And yeah, uh, and second do time. not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So you could still do your B. Really? I just feel like your harmony. Otherwise, otherwise, I would think the last note would definitely be a repetition of... I feel like I'm setting up the, the going up by... Do not be afraid. Mm, I think everyone will get it wrong. It's so short. This is the thing with these short songs. The thing you've got, and I think this applies to lots of stuff, doesn't it? You've got to, you don't get many opportunities to to learn it, do you? No. Well, anyway, that's my little thought. For no, you. I mean, I, as I say, I struggled with this. I found it hard. Um, yeah, yeah. It's good. I like it. Play us yours. All right. So my attempt took, I, I mean, like you, took ages. I just struggled for what, for that, for that one thing to write about. And then um, my wife's, said to me why don't you do something about the uh, church plant our church is going through process we're going to be planting and we're talking about who's called to go who's called to stay and um just the general idea of being jesus sends us all and i often come back to that picture in john 20 the upper room of jesus sending his mm. disciples breathing on on them um, so that's what i did i tried to sort of have something which has a kind of stillness and um oh i don't know i don't think it's very <laughs> good but i'll play it to you i think it goes like this um Call us, send us, lead us, Jesus, breathe your breath in us. Call us, send us, lead us, Jesus, Yeah, that's all I got. It's funny. weird playing such a short song, doesn't it? It it also feels like it sounds like I've written your song and you've written my song. If you want, know I mean, because (laughs) yours is all minor and moody, and mine's all major and happy. (laughs) I know. Um, So yeah, it's a bit of a reversal. Um, Yeah, I guess I. That's probably actually. Although what I would say about this is, I think they're really good words, and melodically, it's 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 pleasing yeah um just feel a little bit like the harmony almost almost feels too minory haunting yeah um you know because it's so short uh and it's it's got that beautiful kind of haunting quality about it but really call us send us lead us breathe your breath in us that those are things where you slightly want a sense of being inspired and sent and so i wonder whether the harmony you could just come back to that and give it a little bit more kind of forward momentum rather than um you know it, the tonally it feels more like we're praying you know lord have mercy or that kind of thing that's what i should have said i could just change the word <laughs> <laughs> it's what i feel like i like i know exactly what you mean um i, I feel like i hit on a little a little sort of melodical and harmonic idea that i quite liked and i think it's got a bit of legs it might be that actually sometimes you just listen to the music and you say, "What's this saying?" And then you try and you try and do something around that. Um, that's great. I was um, I I couldn't help but passing on the uh, someone else on the um, forum. Simon same same thing as you really. It's very minor. <laughs> and I just thought, I I'm constantly having this conversation with Matt Osgood. Whenever Matt Osgood writes a song, I'm always going, "Oh Matt, could you write some more major chords in it?" <laughs> he'll love he'll love that someone said I've got too many minor chords. <laughs> I think I was just feeling a bit tired. <laughs> um, yeah, cool, but great to great to have done. Um, 
and uh, hey, we've done November. Yay. Let's move on to the December challenge. So we had a, a bit of a big plan for December. In fact, we, we mapped these out a bit and we had this really clever challenge we were going to give you for December, which we're going to put on ice because we just thought nobody can think about anything except Christmas in December. <laughs> what earth are we doing not writing a Christmas song? So that's the challenge for this December. We want you to write a Christmas song. But of course, in true Razan Worship podcasting songwriter, what's it called? Uh, Razan Worship Rizong podcasting songwriter. Ch- <laughs> in true style, we've got our own little spin on it. We never like to do anything completely straightforward. Um, and, and this is this is it. Um, you probably, uh, certainly Sam has, and, and lots of you have probably been planning twenty services for over Christmas and choosing loads of songs. And at least once you have had the thought, oh, I wish there was a song that said, or I wish there was a song that would fit this occasion, mm. or what can we sing here? Um, those are real moments in our planning at Christmas. And mm. I know definitely at Christmas, because we do it every year, and we often think, oh, I've sung the same thing, or, or I've never been able to find something for this. So because in December we can't think of anything about Christmas, Let's have a go. Let's have a go at writing one of those songs. So we're going to think very much about our own context. Uh, we're going to think about what song we need. And it might be one you've been planning for this Christmas. It might be a, a, another time. And there's every chance it's too late for this year. It's pretty worth saying that. Might not be. It depends. If you're in charge and you don't print everything or plan everything in advance, you might be able to write something that you can use. But actually, while you're here in this moment, let's get writing something that we might save till next year. I've, I've literally just written a Christmas song. And it's too mm. late. Um, so well, it's too late. It's uh, too early for this, and it's too late for for this Christmas. Yeah. Uh, so I've got another ten months or so to work on it. So I'm I'm going to do that. But that's how we're going to do it. So here are a few ideas of gaps that you could write into. The first one is lighting the advent candle. I don't know if your church does lighting the advent candle. Uh, mine usually does. I'm I'm part of a, an Anglican church, and if you're any anyway liturgical or and frankly we all go a bit liturgical at christmas <laughs> um then often there's this thing of lighting a candle throughout advent and it's a funny thing because it's actually a it's designed to guide you through advent but we in practice it tends to lead you up to christmas which are rather different things liturgically but let's worry about that another day <laughs> but just to have something you could sing for that moment and, and i guess a, a, a few ways you could do that are um to write something where you where, where it's quite simple, it's maybe like one of the short songs we did for November, but you add a verse each week so mm. that they kind of it builds up. Or you have a structure which which just allows you to change a line within it to reflect that moment or something. Um, uh, yeah, so that could be for lighting the Advent candle. Yeah, I mean, related to that, a lot of people do Christingle services. I know we, they uh, do. churches I've worked at, did a lot of those very, very popular. It's some, it's some big anniversary of Christingle this year. Um, yeah, I saw that on Facebook or something, and uh, it's uh, it's a really um, it's a great thing because it it allows you to tell the Christmas story uh, with a bit of fruit and some ribbon and a candle, um, yeah. and you know you can you can you can really use it kind of evangelistically. Um, yeah, I know we used to sing the Graham Kendrick. Can you see what we have made? Uh, which he wrote specifically for Chris Dingle. But I think there's a lot of room for other songs. Um, that's quite a long song. He sort of takes a verse over each part of the right, over yeah. the thing. Uh, so you could try and write something shorty. You could write something more, a bit more all age. You could, um, you know, it's really up, up to you. But I think if you if you have that kind of service, um, finding a song that, oh, sorry, writing a song that would work in yeah. that context would be great. And, and quite often... The, the actual message with, that's supposed to be conveyed by the Chris Dingle can get a bit lost in the whole yeah. um, building of it. And so however hard you try to do it within your service and having something that just puts it in a neat, nuggety way in a song, yeah. I think it would be really helpful for that moment. Um, another thing that I often struggle to find is um, that contemporary song for the carol service that is actually going to engage and be accessible to the non-churchgoers. Mm. So lots of people come to church at Christmas to your carol service and they want to sing their favourite carols. Mm. They want to sing Silent Night. They want to sing Hark the Herald and so on. Um, but we want to get another song in there. Um, how about writing something where you very consciously think, OK, who is going to be here? How can I express 
this Christmas message in a way that is going to be simple and clear um, with a tune that non-churchgoers will easily get hold of and be able to sing kind of instantly and immediately. And I think sometimes that's a different consideration to the how do we write a Christmas worship song or how do we write a, a Christmas performance song or other things. Something very much uh, to include the non-churchgoers as easily as possible. Yeah, that's a good idea. And related to that, I suppose, is the idea of writing a performance song. So rather than a congregational song, to actually write a song that uh, you're... So I've done this a couple of times where my pastor has said, this is going to be my theme for the Christmas carol service. One year, yeah. uh, we did the idea of sort of searching. And the, he said, you know, uh, that yeah, yeah. this is based on the sort of sense that wise men and shepherds, they kind of went searching for Jesus. But actually the truth of... The gospel is that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And so mm -hmm. I wrote the, the song that's on the Resound Christmas album, Searching for a Baby, where I literally tried to just take that kind of idea and just turn it into a song. Um, a lot of churches will, will do this kind of thing. We'll have a carol service and we'll have one or two more performed numbers. Uh, it might be that it's a soloist thing or a, a duet thing or even a kind of a soloist and a choir. Uh, so you mm -hmm. might consider sort of writing a more sort of choir based part for the chorus or for for, for part of it um and again that sense of it being kind of responsive so um how how are you gonna maybe it's after the talk and you want people to be reflecting on what their response is yeah can the song facilitate that um and of course the great thing about a performance song is that you've got less consideration of is this congregationally singable so you can put a bit more uh into the arrangement and into the melody and the harmony that maybe takes it beyond what you would you know pare something down for a for a congregation yeah so i think we're going to give permission for that this month aren't we yes we're going to say yeah this month i think that's a, a really useful thing um, but do still think about your context like who could sing it yeah and who could play it and write something that they will sing and play excellently. Mm. And that might not be the same as the arrangement you'd come up with on your sure. workstation and, and so on. Yeah. Um, here's a gap, I think. Um, I'm aware of some of these gaps, may, but maybe the people listening are going, oh, I know a really, song, a really good song that would fill this. But for me, Christmas communion. So this is really cool. It's very traditional to have communion at mm. midnight on, a, on Christmas Eve um, or to have communion on, on Christmas morning as well. Um, and it sometimes can just jar a bit because mm. you sort of have this, you're all focused on the baby and the presents and the shepherds and the angels. And then you then you have communion with blood and body and bread and wine. And, um, and, and it can be a, a difficult bridge. And certainly in that... Um, in that bit where people are having communion and you are singing a song, mm. um, which certainly in my church that's how we'd always do it. There's a there's a point where people are coming forward to take communion and we're, and we're singing something while that happens. Um, what about a song which really beautifully sets out a, a, a link between Christmas and communion? I was thinking about how you could do that. Well, lots of themes that you could link. So, for example, you could take something like the shepherds coming. Um, and, and leaving their sheep and and Jesus being the sacrificial lamb in communion. The idea of um, gifts, you know, we talk about in communion, we talk about the gifts of bread and wine. Mm. Um, but we have in the Christmas story, the gifts of the wise men. Uh, there's great alliterations, just the idea of the cradle and the cross and, and those kind of things. Um, there's that uh, prophecy of Simeon when Jesus presented at the temple. So we're sort of moving into epiphany, but it's still the same kind of uh, occasion of, you know, the coming of Jesus is going to mean sorrow ultimately for Mary. A sword will pierce your own soul. Mm -hmm. Those kind of ideas, there's the uh, the significance of the gifts and what they signify um, and so on. Okay. But I would love to have a, a really good song that did yeah. that. That's cool. I think the last one... Um, we suggested is uh what you call an lps which is a live yes a lively praise song um yeah. with a christmas theme and i agree that is really tricky to find i mean joel you think you're the kind of probably the king of this because you've wrote um we worship a wonderful savior um listen to the sound i think you're you're you've got uh, you know some really strong ones um i do i really like we're going to use chris juby's uh mary rides oh brilliant which is yeah. very intentionally i think written you know written to incorporate young kids and to be really simple uh, we're going to do that with our youth band uh, and that's i think that's going to work really well but i think there's always going to be more space for this um 
And it's the kind of thing, actually, that I think people could use across a number of services. You know, you often have school services, you have services leading up to Christmas, you maybe have Christmas morning. Um, yeah. If it was really catchy, if it was really simple, uh, but it had a sort of sense of not just telling the story, but actually praising the God who, you know, who came as, as one of us. I think that would be a, a really useful song to have. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. It's a few ideas from us, but it's down to you really to think about the the gaps in your Christmas repertoire. And you'll probably have in mind some quite specific things that connect very much with a sermon that's been preached or a reading or a moment. And come on, let's have a go. And let's get something written this month. And then if, you know, we have the next nine months to work on it before we start to introduce it next year, then fantastic. That's the end of podcast number 47. Whoop, whoop. Do get in touch with us on email podcast at resignworship.org, Twitter at resignworship, Facebook forward slash resignworship.org. All that remains is to introduce our featured song of the month, which this time is a resound classic. Uh, first released 10 years ago, it has been downloaded more than any other song on our website. It has been sung all over the world in different languages and different cultures. It was written by our esteemed friend and colleague, Matt Osgood, and it's called On Christmas Day. Until next time, happy Merry Christmas. Christmas. On Christmas Day, a humble girl gives birth to hope for all the world to see. Go. Oh.